Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. My name is Bex and I'm here with you with loads of cool book recommendations and lots of interesting authors to interview as well. First up, it's time for my big book trivia question. Today's is this. Can you name all of the famous five? No, I'm not too sure I actually can, but can you? I will give you the length of this podcast to figure it out. First up, I'm going to chat to Alex and Ben. They are the authors of the Football School series of books. I am joined in the studio by authors Alex Bellos and Ben Littleton. Hello. 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 Now, you've written uh, a series of books called Football School. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about them? Well, Football School is the school where every lesson is about football. And when I was a kid, I loved going to school but I loved football even more and so I'd play football in the playground at any break time but the only time I wasn't really allowed to talk about football or think about football was during lessons so spoke about this with Alex my friend <laughs> and we decided to invent a school where every lesson was about football as well it's basically the Hogwarts of football so we have a school called football school which has a timetable we learn different subjects in it maths physics chemistry art geography biology all the fun subjects and you think you're learning about those subjects but you're learning about football or through football do we learn about those subjects so we talk about playing football on mars that's how we learn about physics and gravity we talk about the history of fashion so we learn about how the materials history of materials changes what footballers were and the colours that they were. We learn all about the animals of Africa seen through the mascots of Africa's great football teams and some of their less good football teams because there's, there's the Dodos. They're not very good, of are Mauritius. they? Of Mauritius. There's the Squirrels of Benin. The squirrels of Benin, <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. So every African football team, or most of them, are known by an animal mascot. So you've got the eagles, the indomitable lions, and then little Benin are called the squirrels. And they're called the squirrels because it's supposed to be a small animal that can sort of go high, but actually now they're not very good. There's a campaign within Benin to change them to a, basically a more frightening animal because they think that when they go on the pitch, the squirrels! Yes, no idea, <laughs> is it? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't strike fear into anyone. It may be if there was another team called the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's really interesting because you make um, loads of topics that I wouldn't have thought of relate back to football. So, like the political climate of Spain, you talk about um, and Barcelona and Madrid and that kind of and the, the background of that as well. Oh, absolutely! I mean, Real Madrid, Barca, Barcelona is the biggest classico, the biggest kind of derby in world football, club football, really. And why is Madrid versus uh, Barcelona? exciting and full of tension and full of history well it goes back hundreds of years and has to do with politics and history yeah you make it you make it so so exciting oh is there a certain um person you got to speak to that you were really like fascinated by who helped you out well we've, we've spoken to loads of footballers down the years um we've both written books about football anyway um in one of the books we were speaking about modern languages and we tried to find out which player spoke the most languages 
and we actually settled on um, a player who plays for Barcelona nowadays. He was a World Cup finalist with Croatia called Ivan Rakitic. And we were able to ask him about how he learned so many languages. He speaks eight different languages. Eight? And there's this idea that footballers somehow not very clever because they spend all their time at school playing football or not learning how to read or how to write or even how to speak different languages. But this guy is insanely clever. And in fact, most footballers are really clever just in different ways to um, the conventional way we measure cleverness. Their superb vision and anticipation and their spatial awareness is off the scale. I am a uh, journalist, normally kind of news journalist, so I'm good at kind of hunting out stories. Ben is a football journalist, so he has amazing contacts in the world of football. And when we put these things together, we've had fantastic access to speaking to footballers and people around football. One person who I spoke to, who I can't mention his name, was about the subject of poo. Because we just <laughs> knew that one of the important things that we're going to have to find out for our book series is all about footballers' poo. Why don't footballers just need to go to the loo in the middle of the game? It's really interesting yeah, and okay. important. You need to know all about nutrition and digestion. So I spoke to the chief doctor of one of the world's biggest football club who told me everything about footballers and their poo. And the great thing about asking questions for a book is that if I was a grown-up journalist asking, you know, for a grown-up newspaper, asking someone at this very big, famous club, mm -hmm. can you tell me about when the captain goes to poo? They would say, get out of this press conference, stop insulting you me. You are banned from You're this banned. club. <laughs> you know, that's it. But if you say, I'm writing this football school, I don't need to know your name, but I want you to know everything about, you know, what is the order that the players go and poo just before the game? What, what do you feed them? When do you feed them? Um, more than willing to talk and talk and talk. But you're also learning about the world as well. Yeah. So we have a, a chapter about sleep in PHSE, and we learn about the sleeping habits of top footballers we spoke to the sleep coach who trained Cristiano Ronaldo to get the best out of his sleep he's probably the only man in the world who knows what colour pyjamas Cristiano Ronaldo wears and what football team do you guys support well I support uh, my local team where I, I grew up near the ground and my family supports them so normally I say who I support and I'm used to getting booed by loads of kids but I support Tottenham Hotspur okay, uh, okay. which has been a trial at times but now is quite fun I grew up in Scotland, so my local team near where I used to live is Heart of Midlothian, or Hearts, who no one's ever heard of. Well, their nickname is the Jam Tarts. The Jam Tarts, yeah. So yeah, I actually know, support yeah. them as well. How can you not support a team who are called the Jam Tarts? They sound my, my yummy. support them, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I know them very well. And uh, is it okay to do a quiz with you right now? That would be great. Love it. Love a quiz. Okay. So um, I've taken some facts from your book. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just want to see, you know, how in-depth you really went into in, in the, the proofreading. And also, um, I've... Put in a few little local derbies just to see where your heart would lie, if pushed. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Okay. So first question: um, How long do giraffes sleep for? Um, eighteen hours a day. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's two hours. It's so, two hours. Yeah. Oh, did you say how long they sleep for? I yeah. thought you said how long do they are they awake for? Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my mistake. Sorry. Yeah, no, so, the giraffe yeah. ate my homework. <laughs> where was the first football club founded? Sheffield. Yes, correct. Uh, Liverpool or Everton? Oh, that is difficult. Well, I'm going to say Everton just because I know Ben's going to say Liverpool. No, I was going to say Everton because I thought you were going to say Liverpool. <laughs> uh, both, okay, both Liverton. Um, where will you find the tallest females in the world? In Netherlands, Estonia or Latvia? I'm going to go for uh, yeah, tall poppy syndrome. Let's go for the Netherlands. Netherlands. Uh, it's Latvia. Oh, Latvia? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You see, we're learning stuff from football school. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, Celtic or Rangers? Rangers. Neither. 
It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And finally, why are shorter people better dribblers? Well, that is a very good question. That's to do with physics. Biophysics, which is the physics of the human body. It's because shorter people are better at balancing than taller people. Because um, just say you have two people and they're identical every way, but one is a bit taller than the other. When if they were to wobble this. Uh, proportionally the same, the tall person is actually wobbling further, so it's more likely to topple. So a small person could wobble around a lot more and is not going to fall over. That's why when you see really tall people dribble, they look quite weird because they're desperately <laughs> trying to keep really, really still. Whereas short people can really, you know, they look like they're sort of sambering. Sambering. Players like Lionel Messi, Diego Maradona, really short players, but fantastic dribblers. So they're using the natural biophysics with which they were born to actually improve their football skills. There is a really interesting story in the book as well about Messi, which I found fascinating about his life. Um, so yes, I loved your book so much. Um, Alex and Ben, <laughs> thank you so much for popping by. Uh, we should say Football School is out right now, yeah? It is yeah, Football School Season football 3. Football School Season 3 is out in paperback, but also where's Football School Season 1, um, you can read them in any order. Football School Season 1, Season 2, Season 3 in paperback. Um, there's also the quiz book, and in two months' time, Football School Star Players is going to be a big thing for the summer. Oh, excellent. So we'll look out for that. Cheers, guys, for coming by. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much to Alex and Ben. Now I've been joined in the studio by Imogen, my expert at books. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good, thank you. I'm excited about this month's book series. As am I. And kicking us off, we have Starfell, Willow Moss and the Lost Day by Dominique Valente. So in this debut novel, um, it tells the story of a young witch called Willow. Now, uh, she feels a bit inadequate as um, a witch. Uh, She's the youngest in the family, because her only power is the ability to find lost items. Mm, that's a bit rubbish, isn't it? It's a bit rubbish. I mean, it would be helpful when you're looking for, like, the spare sock or yeah. a hair tie. Things that you can't attach Bluetooth to, basically. Yeah, yeah. one of those. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, not that useful. Um, and then one day, Starfell's most famous witch, Moreg Vane, arrives and unexpectedly asks for her help because last Tuesday has gone missing. <laughs> last Tuesday, I like that. Yeah, last Tuesday has gone missing and Willow has to help her find it in order to save Starfell. Now, that is kind of the premise of the book. And the book has maps. Oh, you love maps. I love maps. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> Got lots of maps. Um, and the world building that uh, Dominique does in this book is pretty amazing. Um, it's really interesting to find out all about Starfell and the history and the magic system they have there. And as Willow travels through the land, you kind of get to know bits of Starfell and the people and the creatures. And it's a really, really interesting book. So if you love magic and... If you're a fan of books like Nevermore, for example, I think this would definitely be one to keep an eye out for. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, What is up next? Oh, this looks quite serious, this one. Next up is John Grisham, who writes for adults and kids. Is this meant to be here, Imogen? This is meant to be here. It's Theodore Boone, The Accomplice. Okay. Now, this is the seventh in the Theodore Boone series that John Grisham has written, and it's all about a young kid teenager called Theodore Boone now his parents are both lawyers different types of lawyers and he really really wants to be a lawyer slash judge 
person. Right. So therefore, he knows all the policemen and the lawyers and things all over his town because of his connections with his parents. And through the books, he helps kids and his peers uh, who get into sticky situations. Now, this book, The Accomplice, is about a boy called Woody Lambert. Now, he comes from a bit of a broken family and his older brother, Tony, is in a bit of a sticky situation on probation for being a bit naughty. Mm. Now, uh, one day, Woody gets in a car with Tony and one of Tony's friends, Garth, and one thing leads to another, and Garth holds up a store with a fake gun. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, Don't dun. do that, Garth. Uh, now, although Woody doesn't have any involvement with the crime or anything, he's in the car, so he gets um, arrested as an accomplice. And he needs lots of legal advice and to help him avoid prison. Uh, so, enter Theodore Boone. Uh, now, obviously, Theodore is just 13, so he's years away from being a qualified lawyer. <laughs> and Woody kind of needs help now. Um, but he does what he can. And uh, it's actually... A real page turner. I bet it is, yeah, because John Grisham knows how to write a book. Oh, yes, he does. Uh, that looks amazing. I might steal that one and take it home with me. Yeah, you do that. Uh, right, what's up next? Next is Judith Eagle, uh, The Secret Starling. Now, uh, Clara has lived her life kind of in solitude, schooled uh, at home by her really quite not nice uncle. Um, and he's a bit negligent and we we don't really like him but and and he ends up abandoning poor clara to fend for himself yeah we definitely don't like Um, him and she has she's left there to sort herself out which is quite sad and then um peter and his cat stockwell arrive and it's looking like uh things might have taken a turn up for the books and then they find an old ballet shoe under the floorboards and it kind of sparks a whole load of questions about Clara's family what really happened to Clara's mum does she have a father somewhere after all where has her uncle gone and we kind of work through all of these mysteries throughout the book Um, and the ending and the revelations that come out in the conclusion are really satisfying and it's a really really clever book really gripping story and I would definitely recommend it excellent stuff okay cool Uh, the next one looks very interesting in fact I recognise the cover Yes. The next one, I won't give too much away because I do believe he will be featuring on this uh, episode of the Fun Kids Book Club. Uh, But it is My Brother's Name is Jessica by John Boyne. Now, John Boyne has written lots of amazing books. He is prolific. He is indeed. Uh, You might have heard of The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. That was pretty huge. Massive. Uh, Now, this story is about a young boy called Sam... And he has an older brother called Jason, who has always been there for him. And Sam really looks up to him. And he seems to just kind of have it going on. He's popular and he's cool and he's kind and he's great at football. And all the girls love him. Um, And then one day, Jason kind of calls the family together and reveals that um, he is, in fact, a sister. Hmm. Um, and he kind of works through that. I will not go into it because I'm sure you're going to go into it later with John. That is a very good point. Yeah, I will do because it's a it's a brand new book. It is a very interesting issue that I don't think any book I've read before has talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when me and John Boyne chat in a bit, uh, a bit we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, but I would definitely recommend. 
Yes. So that is book number four. And that means we're on to book number five. What could possibly be the headline heavy hitter of today's book recommendations? <laughs> number five is Catherine Woodfine. I know her. You do know her. And uh, it is the second in the Taylor and Rose Secret Agents series. Yay! And this one is called Spies in St. Petersburg. Ooh. So, after their first uh, mission, which was in Paris, um, Sophie is still missing in action. Uh-oh. She is MIA. And Lil decides that she's going to take things into her own hands and find her best friend. Uh, so on a um, new mission for the Secret Service Bureau, Lil has to find Sophie in misty, mysterious St. Petersburg. And at the same time, they then have to uncover the identity of their true enemy and see if they can really trust people because things seem to go awry can they even trust the bureau dun 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 we will find out it's time for them to put their spy skills to the test if you love great storytelling I thought you said put their spice girls to the test you said spy skills didn't you I was like why are there spice girls in this book Still, I bet an amazing book with or without the Spice Girls. Absolutely. No Spice Girls in this book, but lots of spy skills. <laughs> um, yeah, if you love spies, if you love great storytelling, if you love a bit of running around the city, you will love this book. Excellent stuff. Imogen, thank you so much for popping by with those no book recommendations. Uh, next up, I think it's time to chat to my old pal, Danny Wallace. Uh, right, I'm joined in the studio by Danny Wallace and Jamie Littler. Hello. Oh, hello. Hey. Hi. Thank you so much for coming by, Fun Kids. That's okay. Are our dungarees okay? Yes, I they wore, are. I wore the green dungarees, mm-hmm. and Jamie, of course, wore the orange dungarees. The spinning bow tie was uh, Danny's idea. Yes. Some would say that's too much, but I quite enjoy it. To be Thank honest, you. I mean, children's radio station—you've got to go all in. Yeah, it makes. When I press it, it makes. Do you want to hear what it sounds yes, like? Yes, please. Listen. Wow. <laughs> it's very efficient, isn't, isn't it? it? Wow. Makes literally no noise at all. More oh. resonant than last time. I yeah, it's a shame that the listeners can't see it because it was quite the spectacle. It was Mini fireworks big. coming off the end of it yeah. there. That was quite exciting. Quite enjoyed that. Uh, we'll probably get a picture of it later on. We'll pop it on the website, sure. Danny. Yeah, we'll do that for you later. Uh, now, you're here to chat about your brand new book. You, did, you, you, need it, you, you need this, right? Yeah. Uh, Hamish and the Monster Patrol. You looked at me like, you're like, are we? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah it's... Very, very proud of it. Very happy that it's it's, it's birthday today. Oh, aren't we just? Is it, is it out literally right now? It's this is it. It's out right now. How are you celebrating? Uh, just with a dungaree party. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's the, what we the, always these, do. These dungarees don't come out often. No, so. they don't. <laughs> I'm sad I didn't get the memo about the dungaree party. You didn't send me this in advance. No, it's pretty much a, a writer illustrator thing. It's what we do every right. time there is a, a book birthday, as we call it. And this being Hamish and the Monster Patrol, um, we just thought, well, of course, we, we're not just going to sit at home and wear dungarees. We're going to go out and meet Bex wearing our dungarees. Your fancy so dungarees. proud are we of this book? Well, that's good to know. I'm glad that you're so proud that you're wearing dungarees. Yeah. That's that's the height of, of pride, I yeah. think. I think that's I'm how it 42. Works. <laughs> but love a dunga. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's no harm in that. Uh, so we should tell everybody, um, how, how many books are there in the Hamish series now? Like loads, right? There are six. Six. Six so far. There's World Stoppers, Never People, Gravity Burp, Baby Boom, Terrible, Terrible Christmas, and now Monster Patrol. 
I nearly did a quiz about your books and then I thought, nope, I think they probably know what they're He's talking about. It, yeah. yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Luckily, I knew exactly how many there were. You'll notice once again, Jamie looked as, as if to say... <laughs> I was checking my notes. Please don't know, ask right? me. Yeah, I've written it on the back of my hand. Yeah, but I think I've enjoyed writing this one uh, more than more than almost any of them. And I think, Jamie, you've had the most fun drawing the pictures. Yeah, it, was, it was amazing. I, lo- I love adventure books and this is like the epitome of adventure. I think Danny like really tapped into that, like uh, Indiana Jones, Explorer... Yeah going out into the, the jungle wilderness and, and into the, you know, the deep dark and seeing what, what things may lurk or uh, treasures you may find. Because you also get to draw the map at the beginning of the book as well. Yeah. That's a well, proper like, beginning of that, adventure that's story. That's when you know you've got a proper adventure yeah. story when you've got a map. You know? so, like, I think the first Hamish actually had a, a cool map, but it was of, it was of Starkly, which, has, as you may or may not know, is, is the most boring. No, it's, fourth, is it? Fourth most fourth boring, most boring. Yeah, yeah. It's so boring. But, I mean, but not the worst. But so. not the worst. But the fact that it is the fourth most boring means that it's even more boring than the most boring because the most boring can at least say we're the most boring, which is quite interesting. That's true. Yeah. Yes. But if you're fourth most boring, well, that's just fourth most boring. It's not even third most boring. It's not even podium, most... yeah. No, it's yeah, just it's true. It's like, it's like beyond bronze. It's yeah. a bit boring. Yeah. And, and with this book as well, because uh, I, I opened the book and saw the map and I was like, hang on a second. Mm. It's a little bit different in Starkly because there's all these like barbed wire things happening. Yeah, something's got a bit more interesting in Starkly. I'd, yes. I'd say, yeah. Things are afoot. Things are afoot. Um, but whereas normally you would know what the monster was or you would find out quite quickly, in this one there is a... It's a little stranger. Because I've always thought, wouldn't it be awful if you knew a monster was coming and you knew it was on its way and you knew that it was around the corner and you didn't know quite when it was going to arrive, but it is going to arrive. For me, that's the Fun Kids boss, literally yeah. just around the corner. I, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And just imagine the Fun Kids boss is turning up, but you've <laughs> never met the Fun Kids boss and you don't know whether the Fun Kids boss is a good Fun Kids boss or a bad Fun Kids boss, but the Fun Kids boss is coming. And now you've got to cope with the Fun Kids boss. How are you going to beat the Fun Kids boss? There's no way of knowing. It's terrifying. So with this, a monster is approaching. We don't know what it is, but we know it can't be stopped. I'm getting slight heart palpitations just by talking about the Fun Kids boss, so goodness knows how Hamish feels about (laughs) a monster. (laughs) This is petrifying. So you also have uh, Alice trying to find her grandmother and and what's going on with her in the past as well? Yeah, we've delved, haven't we, uh, into uh, the past of some of the characters, like Alice, who's got a weird grandma. Yeah, yeah. The, it was the the previous book, the the terrible, terrible Christmas. We we looked at, we started to explore a bit more, um, uh, you know, into Alice's uh, past and and her family, and we found out that uh, she she does in fact have an interesting uh, grandmother who who she you know she's always missed and and uh, wanted to know where you know she's been missing for many years and she's wanted to know where she is and she she's she may have just found some clues as to as to where she may be and uh, what she might be doing. So, yeah, so... Without we, spoiling it, she's a monster hunter. <laughs> <laughs> she's a monster didn't, hunter. Didn't want to say anything. No, you did yeah. well. I love you were so tiptoeing around yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. I appreciated that. Thanks. But imagine, you know, if there's a monster coming, then who are you going to need? You're going to need a monster hunter. So we're going to yeah. have to find Alice's grandma. And so there's a bit of Indiana Jones, there's a bit of Ghostbusters, because we meet Monster Patrol, who are kind of defending the Earth against uh, all sorts and are big experts. And there's Kit Alexander-Lopez, who's, um, you know, a slightly odd child, Mm. um, but uh, who works together with uh, an unusual monster. Um, And they get together with Hamish and Pals, and it's up to them, really, to sort out the grown-ups. Because as we're discovering, more and more at the moment... Useless. Well, yeah. Grown-ups, they don't know what's going on with half the things that are happening. Um, There's the climate. So it's it's down to, like, the 15-year-old girl Greta from Sweden Mm -hmm. to stand up and say, what have you been doing? 
What, what whilst you... drawing this book, actually, I saw all the school school marches for climate and things, and it was it was very inspiring. Actually. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, get, getting some uh, some Hamish illustrations in there. You know, these guys, these kids, ganging together to protect the world it's where no one else will. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because we we do, we're going to need the kids to 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 step up like um, like Hamish and pals and and to save the world. And if not, do that. Then tell the grown ups at least get your ideas together, get your act together. You're messing up here. Is sort this, it is out. This your call to action. There's there's a lot of different it, cultural things going on in this book. Okay, I didn't realise. Our monsters. If there are yeah, parents listening, this is this is educational stuff as well. <laughs> didn't realise this was you forming a mini army. Yep. Okay, yeah. this is this is the pamphlet that you guys <laughs> have put together. Danny and Jamie's child army. Yeah, PDFs growing. It's the new national <laughs> service. Finally, finally, someone's done it at yeah. last. Um, I should say, I read the book and I thought you'd made up some monsters. I had I've written down the Snallygaster and the Wendigo, and then I did some research. They're real. Yes, they're real. Real monsters. Again, educational. Yeah. Um, no, part of the fun as well is looking into every country on Earth, every continent has got their own specific weird monsters. Um, very odd monsters, each each and every one of them. There are, there are, there are thousands of, of, of legends yeah. uh, about these things. So, yeah, the Snallygaster, things like that. There's one in, I think, China who uh, apparently breaks into your house at night and then cleans your toilet. That's nice of him, isn't it? I think that's quite good. That's lovely. Why are they so afraid of him? I, I can imagine if you uh, you woke up in the middle of the night oh, yeah. and you, you needed a wee. Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, you're kind of half asleep anyway. Mm. And, and you went in there and you saw this this monster. You, you, you may not know that it was cleaning your toilet at the time. It yeah. Be quite yeah. Confusing Just be experience. licking it. Licking like, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. How is he cleaning? Has he, has he got With like his a tongue. brush out? With his he's, tongue. He's l- licking the toilet seat. Yeah, but it's still, it's clean at the end. And that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. But Jamie makes a good point. There's, yeah. There are two sides to every story. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason it's called a monster, let's yeah. face it. Yeah. Getting up in the middle of the night. Which was your favourite monster to draw? Was there one that you just cut free rain on you could do anything with? I think... I don't, well, don't, don't want to spoil away. too much. Yeah. Mean, Danny's like, already the done big, that as well. There's the the, well, yeah, there's, there's a big monster at the end. Let's just say the big monster was very fun to draw. It, it's done... It, like Hamish and the gang, I wasn't entirely sure what what to expect as <laughs> as I was reading the book um, that that Danny had so well crafted, <laughs> and I I was I was like the cast. I was like, what what is this thing going to be? And I I was not disappointed when I found out. Well, um, I, I part of the fun of writing these things is almost like to challenge Jamie all the time. I know Jamie doesn't like drawing horses, so I've included a lot of horses. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of. Uh, uh, more real, true to life unicorns in this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the un- I was thinking where, the, but yeah, unicorns, of course. Yeah. Yes, which turn out to be monsters, of course, not yeah. magical, mythical, wonderful things. They're I don't horrible. think that's a spoiler because that's on the back that's cover. Fine. So, yeah, yeah, so, fine, yeah, I'll yeah, be in there. Everyone knows yeah, unicorns yeah. are evil. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. 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 yeah the, the truth is out there. So. But um, when it came to the big monster, I thought, I'll challenge Jamie. Yeah, and, and it was a challenge. <laughs> so, do you get the book and then you just can fit in where you think illustrations work or do you kind of work together? Yeah, it's, it's a mixture, really. Like, um, uh, when I get the, the, the book from, from Dan, Danny, Danny will often have like some suggestions. Like, I think this will be really cool. Horse here, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, basically. Yeah. One thousand horses. You must draw one thousand horses riding one thousand bicycles, which is my second yeah, least favourite thing to draw. That's really yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah fair so enough. there are quite a lot of bikes in Hamish. I know, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. actually. But um, this is just yeah. long distance bullying from, <laughs> yeah. from me to Jamie. It seem like they'll be playing a long game here, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. But so I'll have maybe a few suggestions, but there'll be some big set pieces um, right. that that we both are like, oh, well, that will yeah, be great. This is got to be drawn. Yeah, yeah. Like this is going to be so fun this is this moment screams out to be drawn you know so so there there's a few like um absolute givens and then and it, it, it goes to the smaller the smaller ones like for the karma parts of the story and stuff where 
you know, I may be like, oh, this this looks like a fun moment to uh, illustrate or, or Danny will recommend it. And the same with our publishers at Simon & Schuster, the, the designer there will... Uh, because you know they know how to do these yeah, things they're sure. making books a lot so they'll, they'll be like this this seems like a good moment to have an illustration and and, uh, and it can be a little moment can't it that yeah. maybe i wouldn't even, i wouldn't have thought of it'll be just hamish and alice having a chat on a bench and yeah. that's all that's happening and in my head that's you know that's it's really a, obvious, a, it's a few sentences you yeah. know it's easy yeah. to sit on the bench but um they'll cleverly go do you know what that's nice because it's a it is a moment between friends yeah, you zoom in that. a bit you know if, if it's always action scenes as fun as those are to see and draw and and write about i think you, you can end up quite breathless yeah. and you can be quite um uh you know you can always be pulled out looking at explosions and monsters and things sometimes you want to zoom in and see how the characters are feeling and yeah. what you know or you can fit in some small jokes then as well which you would otherwise you know like expressions and silly things people were doing and and stuff like that you know so so there's a lot of humor that can be uh, found like just quietening down and zooming in sometimes as well as like you want some massive crazy action set pieces you know yeah. but you do have your work out of you because there's a lot of stuff in here yeah i, I always busy. it's it's the best and worst thing about drawing hamish is that there's always so many amazing things going on in it and also i look at the list of things i have to draw and there's always at least five things where i think how am i gonna draw that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but um yeah, there, there, there's a there, there's a few surprising moments in this book, I think, especially towards the end. The the end battle, I'll say. I'm mm. really trying to avoid mm, uh, hashtag spoilers yeah. here. Yeah, but, um, uh, yeah. There's some 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 crazy moves getting uh, busted at the end. Crazy uh, by, uh, yeah. <laughs> in your both of your opinions, uh, what is scarier for a monster? No eyes, one eye, two eyes, or loads of eyes? Oh, you mean like. In a monster, I thought you meant meant to a monster. Yeah, no, no, no. So you could just blink and scare a monster. (laughs) Oh, so would a one-eyed monster be scarier than a two-eyed monster? Yes. Would a three-eyed monster be scarier than a one-eyed monster? This is the big question, I think. For me, I think no eyes is really oh, scary. Yeah, because yeah, that, that, you, you can you can tell what something is thinking through mm-hmm. its eyes. You know, like that's, point. that's that's a big thing in drawing. Actually, is the eyes are like they without trying to sound too cheesy, like the gateway to the soul. Well, of you know, yeah, like, yeah, sure. You yeah. know, so that that's where you see what someone's thinking or feeling, or, or uh, and and if you take that away, suddenly you, you have no idea. You know, it's 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 quite a a giant worm would be a lot scarier yeah. than a giant budgie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even those those pitch black thing. scary yeah. budgie eyes, you yeah. at least like kind of see the you know where the they're glint going. in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, thank you so much for popping by, fun kids. Thank you for thank having you us. For having me. And we brought you these dungarees. <laughs> Yay! Finally, I love dungarees. Genuinely. Thank you so much, Danny Wallace, for popping by, fun kids. He's basically part of the furniture now. I love it. Next up, I think we need to find out what is going on in the world of Julian Clary's bolds. Meet the bolds. Meet the bolds. Yes, meet the bolds. Come on, meet the bolds. This is an extract from The Bolds in Trouble, the latest book in the Bolds series, written and read by Julian Clary. The Bolds, as you probably know, are a family of hyenas living disguised as human beings in a pleasant tree-lined street called Fairfield Road in Teddington. They wear clothes and hats to cover their hyena features and none of their human neighbours have guessed their secret although they have noticed that the bolds seem to laugh an awful lot. Being hyenas, they can't help themselves. They also like to rub their bottoms on tree trunks and bushes to mark their territory, but obviously they can't do that if anyone is watching. Fred and Amelia Bold are the parents. 
Fred works at the Christmas Cracker Factory, writing the silly jokes, and Amelia makes and sells unusual hats at Teddington Market. Their children, twins, Bobby and Betty, are lively and funny, and sometimes a bit naughty. So that's everyone. Except it isn't quite. You see, the Bolds have gained a bit of a reputation for helping other members of the animal world who want to live like humans too. They take in all manner of waifs and strays, teach them how to walk and talk like humans, wear clothes, use a knife and fork, and even how to use the toilet. You'd be surprised how many animals there are living amongst us that we fail to notice aren't humans at all. Bus drivers, teachers, athletes, shop assistants, prime ministers even. Only yesterday I had a new sofa delivered by two burly men wearing overalls. They huffed and puffed and snorted a lot, I noticed. It was only when I spotted their rather moist noses and saw a wisp of steamy sweat rising up in the air from their backs that I put two and two together. Yes, buffaloes. Brothers, I expect. I didn't say anything. Buffaloes can be a bit bad-tempered, and I didn't want them to start pawing the ground and charging around. Not with my new carpet and collection of priceless porcelain dolls I've collected on my travels over the years. But you see, I knew. If you want to find out more about the Bold Adventures, head up online to funkidslive.com. You can listen to loads of them. Next up, we mentioned earlier in the show I'd be chatting to John Boyne. This is John telling us all about his brand new book, My Brother's Name is Jessica. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. It's your first time at Fun Kids, I think. It is. It is. I'm very glad to be here. I'm super happy you're here. You've got a brand new book out. I do. I was a fun kid. <laughs> and Good. still am. You're on brand. That is excellent yes. for me. Uh, your new book is called My Brother's Name is Jessica. Um, I was just saying I read it and loved it so much. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Yes. It's uh, a novel written from the point of view of a 12-year-old boy, Sam, who uh, idolises his older brother, always has. Um, and at the end of the first chapter, his brother, as was, comes down the stairs and tells his family that actually he believes he's a girl. And so the novel is a study of the subject of transgender mm-hmm. and how a family copes with that, how his sibling, his now his sister, um, adjusts to her new life and how they all basically have to put aside their prejudices, their uh, concerns, their um, all the all the weird things that people think uh, at moments like this and realise that Jessica is exactly the same person she always was, just with a new name, a new identity, um, but is just as loving and just as as wonderful as ever. It's a really uh, big subject to write about. I don't think I've ever read a kid's book that has that subject in it. Uh, What made you think this was something you wanted to tackle? Well, this is my sixth book for young people, and I always try to explore a subject that's challenging and Mm -hmm. interesting and makes young people think and uh, about the world. Um, And this is something that's been in the news and the culture so much. But I wondered, was there much out there for kids to read about it? And, you know, let's face it, any of us coming to a subject like this, we have questions. Yeah. We don't understand it. I didn't understand it when I started writing. You know, you you have to find out about it, speak to people, uh, research it. Um, And I guess I hoped that a book like this might allow young people to ask those questions, get some answers, not feel too bad about sort of maybe sometimes saying the wrong thing or asking something insensitive that they don't mean insensitively, yeah. you know, that you're, you're actually just trying to educate yourself. But there'll be kids in schools that um, they have friends who are going through gender identity mm-hmm. issues and kids who themselves are going through gender identity issues. And I wanted them to feel that actually there is a support group out there. There are allies, there are friends, there are people in the world, many people in the world who are not judgmental, who are not bigoted, who would be there for them. 
And in the book, you've got Sam, who uh, you see all through his eyes. And it's really good because he does ask the questions that maybe the listeners, the, sorry, the readers are asking as well. Yeah, I, I thought it was important for me as the, as the, the writer, the narrator as such, to, to take that point of view. I didn't feel it would be right for me to kind of step into the shoes of Jessica herself. Mm-hmm. And that's not an experience that I've had in my life. And I thought it was, it makes more sense to kind of take the point of view of the person who is asking those questions, who is looking at the situation, feeling... Um, a little embarrassed by it, yeah. feeling um, concerned about it, feeling annoyed at times about it because the, the status quo of the family home has changed. Um, he's been bullied in school because of uh, what his sister is going through. Um, but he has to come to term. He has to realise that none of that really matters. The only thing that matters is that he still loves his sister. She still loves him. She may have a new name. She may be developing a new body, but she's exactly the same person yeah. inside. And it's such a really good kind of lesson in life. It's just like, it's just somebody that you love. That's all it is. It's just, yeah. that's all. And, and I think the really interesting thing is as well, because this is big things going on, but also you've got like, for him, for Sam, it's like, you know, you've got a relationship. He's got a girl he fancies and he's got yeah. his mum and dad are going through this crazy political yeah, career it, thing. It, it's not the only thing that's going on in his life. Yeah. He's at that age where, yeah, lots of things are happening. He, yeah, he meets his first girlfriend and everything. And um, so there's a lot of lightheartedness in it. There's a lot yeah. of humour in the novel. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it's important that um, stories like this are out there where we, we talk about support of each other and caring for each other. We're all going to go through something in our life at some point where we're going to need our friends mm-hmm. behind us. It may not be this subject, but there'll be something that happens to us. And we want our friends to be there for us. And, and that's what I think uh, Jessica needs. How did you research this? Because it must be such a mammoth thing to research and to try and get it right. and Because it, it is quite confusing, I think. It's a new world to step into. Yeah, I, um, I, I spoke to a number of trans people. I have one uh, trans friend anyway. Uh, I also spoke to their families to see, you know, what, what their experience of it was like, you know, their, their worries about their loved one and so on. And then there's a great body called Inclusive Minds here in the UK uh, that work with children's publishers and they appoint a sort of an ambassador uh, for a book where it'll be somebody who has gone through that experience and they read early drafts and talk right. to the author. And, uh, you know, so I, I was like, things were pointed out to me that maybe were just completely factually incorrect. Okay. Um, stuff I just didn't know, say, about hormones or about, you know, just the actual facts of the thing. Yeah. Um, but also things that maybe uh, I was focusing on too much that is is not that important mm-hmm. or things that I was missing that I should be talking about. So, you know, it'd be people who, who know this subject extremely well because they've gone through it and offer really, really helpful advice. Is it harder to write uh, a book like this for kids or is it quite nice because it means you can ask any question and you just, it's quite nice and easy? Do you know, in some ways, I think it's actually easier to, to write a book like this for, for children because uh, because of that very thing. Yes, you, you can get away with like kids are allowed to ask stupid questions yeah. all the time because you're trying to understand things. And Sam is a likable character. He's he's fun. He's silly. Um, he, he's 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 stupid half the time, you know. <laughs> um, but he he can get away with asking things that maybe if an adult was to ask them, you it would be not so not so friendly. I also love his auntie, by the way. She was amazing. Yeah, Sandra Rose. Yeah, she's kind of like the, the big sort of tree-hugging left liberal and yeah. who basically just has no time for any of Sam's nonsense <laughs> when it comes to this. She's just like, who cares? You know, Jason is now Jessica. Yeah. Deal with it. You know, big deal. Who cares? And also Jessica goes through this amazing thing and she is fantastic. Like, just so strong. Well, she's probably the most positive character in the book. Yeah. Because while the parents are, of course... You know, well, they're tied up in their own careers and sort of burying their heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. And Sam is kind of looking at it somewhat selfishly from his own point of view. From the minute that Jessica says, 
this is who I am. This is who I need to be in my life. She's actually very cheerful yeah. all the way through. She's, you know, she's, we never have a moment in the book where she is going through, um, where she's kind of like weeping or anything and such. She's, she is somebody who is just saying, you know, this is going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but this is the only way I can live. Yeah. So she is the, kind of the strongest character in there. Oh, I should also mention to our uh, listeners, you also wrote The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which is a massive book. Um, do you think it's like important to write these big topics for kids? Or I do, I do, because I, I think children want that. I know I wanted it when I was a kid. I wanted to be treated with respect. I wanted to be treated, that my intelligence to be recognised, you know, that I, I, could, I could talk about serious subjects and learn about them. Um, you know, I mean, it's a place for just entertainment, of course, but there's also a place for like serious conversation. And, and I do find, you know, I've gone into many schools over the years. And unlike when I was a kid, I do find that kind of a conversation is encouraged now, just like creativity is encouraged, which wasn't so much when I was a kid. Um, you know, the teachers will talk to kids about, in the case of striped pajamas, you know, the Second World War, the Holocaust, genocide. In the case of this, transgender. Um, they, they want to open up their minds. They're, they're up for that. Um, I... I trust my readers that they can uh, that they're able to take complex situations and make sense of them now i have got a little quick fire round of questions as okay. every author uh, no pressure obviously no, don't I like worry quick about fire it rounds. okay let's see how we go uh, books or kindles books books straight away yeah every author says that heroes or villains villains <laughs> oh, i can see the glint in your eye uh, would you prefer writing for adults or writing for children I, I, I have to do them both. It's just different parts of my brain. I, I like doing both. Okay. Uh, film adaptation or TV adaptation? TV. TV, okay. Mm. Writing or reading? Reading. Dublin or Norwich? Dublin. <laughs> Hogwarts or Narnia? Narnia. Narnia, oh, right. Uh, laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? <sighs> you know what? I'm going to go for Jackie. Jack- okay, right. Uh, novels or short stories? Novels. Bookshop visit or school tour? Bookshop visit. Uh, do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? Uh, when I fancy. When I fancy. Yeah. And finally, the big one, this is the most important one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Cheese and onion. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the only one I will disagree with you on. <laughs> salt and vinegar every time. Well, oh. actually, prawn cocktail, but anyway. <laughs> oh, prawn co- oh, the hidden third option, prawn cocktail. Mm. We've got some outside in the studio. We'll give you some later on. Uh, so, John, we should say, uh, yeah. Brother's Name is Jessica is out now, and it's got also the most fantastic cover. It's really it, Yes, out. it's a really colourful, bright, cheerful Yes. In fact, that's one of the reasons I just picked it up outside. It was on the desk outside and I was like, yeah, this is for me. Excellent. And then I read it and and loved it. The art designers will be happy to hear that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Literally judging a book by its cover. Um, So, John, thank you so much for popping by Fun Kids and hopefully see you soon. Great. Thank you. All right. That's pretty much it from the Fun Kids Book Club podcast this week. I do have to give you the answer to my book trivia question. The question was, what are the names of Enid Blyton's famous five? Well, I can tell you the answer is Julian, Dick and George and, of course, Timmy the dog. If you got that right, congratulations. That's pretty much it from me. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Alex, Ben, Danny Wallace and John Boyne. If you've enjoyed the podcast, remember, like and subscribe. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.
Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!